Ladies and gentlemen, 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 gentlemen you are now, 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 now listening to two, 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 the P13 Podcast. Yeah. Welcome back to the P13 podcast. Yes. All the listeners, you lovely listeners, I hope we hope that you are taking things out of our podcast and applying it we in do. some sort of way, mm-hmm. but also just having fun. Mm-hmm. Like we said, living before. life. Absolutely. Living Today, our topic is one of the more subtle topics. It's a little more enjoyable than some of the other things that we've talked about. Who knows? You might be doing it right now listening to this podcast. Ooh, I like that. Right? It helps us recover, especially for those who are new to training because of how their body feels after their very first session, especially here at Project 13 Chip. Mm -hmm. Am I right? You are correct. It helps us relieve stress, boost our immune system, and gets our body ready for what's coming next. What am I talking about? uh, What am I teasing here? We're talking about burpees. I'm just kidding. We're talking about rest. (laughs) (laughs) We're talking about rest. The literal term, seizing to work or move, relax or recover. You often hear cliches about this, that rest is for the weak or I can rest when I am dead. But have you ever heard of the term? Yeah. Have you ever heard of the term, I should rest to succeed? Mm. I have not personally, but I like it. Gary V talks about it. He says, hey, I get like seven, six, seven, eight hours of sleep. Mm. Some people think, oh, that's too long. I'm missing out on my day. Right. But let's dive into it. Let's dive into it more so in terms of training and how it helps our body. How about that? Yeah, so this is a topic. We talk a lot about this at Project 13 with our members. And a lot of times people people always have the or often have the the way of thinking that more is always better. Yeah. Right. And that's not always the case in a lot of aspects of life training can be one of those as well so we we often have to have conversations with our members because they want to come in every day they want to train hard every day because of the feelings that they get from doing so we've talked about in previous episodes how some people think training is a stress reliever which in a way it is but it also is causing stress for your body as well so this is a common conversation that we have to have with people. And the reality of the situation is for most individuals, you can't always be putting your foot on the gas, gunning it to 88. That's a back to the future reference. Yeah, I love it. Uh, Shout out doc. Shout out doc. Shout out your hair. How's he? Yeah. I mean, sometimes it looks like doc's hair. (laughs) So you can't always be just pedal to the metal all the time for most people. So that's where rest and recovery comes into the equation. And, and so we'll talk about what some of those elements are, but the important thing to remember is that most likely if you're a human, you will need rest and recovery at some point. I'm going to take this back a little bit to our previous episode. So if you haven't listened to it, take a listen. Mm -hmm. It's on the wonderful topic of flexibility. Lovely topic. Thinking about that bell curve. And you hit on it a little bit, like less is more. You're going to have your kind of bell curve point where you're going to get just enough training to a point. Mm -hmm. Then you're going to hit that tipping point Mm -hmm. and everything can just start crashing down. Similar to how your muscles are efficient in a a midpoint. Yep. 
you have that prime efficiency, but anywhere where you strafe too much to the extreme sides, mm-hmm. there's some there's some issues with that. Pretty you're, close. You're correct there. You're absolutely correct. And actually, there's an interesting um, graph in the exercise physiology literature, uh, and this is specifically related to um, the immune system and the basically the resiliency of a person's immune system. So what they've found is they take someone that's completely sedentary, right? Which means they just like never exercise. Maybe they don't eat very well, whatever, but I guess specifically related to exercise, they never exercise. Then they take someone that exercises at a volume that's maybe too much. And what they find is that people that have a sweet spot right in the middle tend to have the strongest immune system. And I Mm. believe they measured that, you know, maybe they measured the level of immunoglobulins. That's a fancy word in in the individuals. Yes. Look it up. It's an actual scientific term, but they, they measured this somehow and found that people that have this balanced level of exercise have the strongest immune system. And that, you know, if you're too far on one side, too sedentary, then of course you're not going to have a strong immune, immune system. But if you are too far to the other extreme and you exercise too much, then you actually can do damage to your body. And in this specific example, it's referring to the immune system and and you reduce your body's ability to fight off infections. So you'll get sick more, stuff like that. So then there is truth to the terms that you hear often, overtraining, undertraining. Yeah. So, well, overtraining and under, so. Does that exist, first of all? Yeah. So let's dive into overtraining. It's a term that a lot of people have probably heard. And basically the idea is that you reach a point where you've just provided your body with so much stimuli and stress from training that it doesn't have the ability to recover from that training. So maybe we'll back up one step and talk about how we grow in the gym and how we become more fit. So you go into the gym, you train hard, whether it's resistance training, cardiovascular fitness, whatever, you're providing your body with a stimulus and then your body the way that it grows from that stimulus is not actually in the gym. It's occurring outside of the gym in between training sessions. Your body is repairing tissues and adapting to the stress that you placed it under during that training session. Right? So that's one thing we got to establish right there. And so the concept of overtraining implies that you do that so much, whether it be too frequently or too intensely too frequently, and your body just can never dig itself out of that hole that you create in your training session. Cause that's essentially what you're doing, right? You're, you're lifting weights and which, which actually will, that, that kind of brings in a term known as catabolism, right? Which is the breaking down of tissues. So, or the breaking down of proteins. Yeah. Right. It's, it's breaking down the tissues to the more raw elements and in doing so then your body is like oh we got to repair those and that's what it does and then you go into a period of anabolism which is the building up of tissues and that's how you build muscle so then that period where the body is recovering and rebuilding tissues 
that's where the growth actually occurs and that's where we get stronger. So again, there needs to be enough time between training sessions in which you can actually recover from the work. So overtraining implies that you're doing it too much and your body can never recover. How do you know when you do get to your overtraining threshold, I should say? Yeah, so because that can that differs a lot from per, someone who's yeah it does who's in the gym five days a week may crash out at three versus the other person maybe he's at four it does or five yeah and so like to kind of add to what we were just saying there so there's some people say there's no such thing as overtraining and there's only under recovering which yeah ultimately I think that's the reality mm-hmm. and then like you said that level for every person is very different so. We were to take person A and they will call them Alice for A and person B will call them Beretta. That's a gun. Wow. Betty. <laughs> we'll take those two people <laughs> and uh, Beretta seems like a lovely name too. It is. Person A has been training for 10 years, right? They're pretty well experienced. Person B has never trained and they're going to start training. So person A may be able to train every day, whereas person B, if they try to do that, it might just not work very well for them because they haven't built, they haven't developed a capacity for their body to tolerate that volume, Mm. right? So that's the first thing we need to understand is it is going to differ between individuals. Training age is one thing, which is what I just mentioned. There's also genetic factors. So some people can just do a lot more work. And you can see them. Sometimes they're professional athletes. A lot of them are professional athletes. Yeah. And with them too, there is a question of like, are they like that because they've been athletes their whole lives? Um, But to be honest, the reason they probably got to that level is partially because genetically they have, I mean, a number of factors genetically, but one of them is that they have the ability to just like go. Yeah. Right. And like you see, like you've probably seen some of those people in various settings, like whether it's in a gym or if you played a sport and like you all, you maybe heard people reference this one individual as like that person just has a motor, right? They can just go and go and go. And that's a thing. Whereas other people, they may need more downtime to recover from the same level of activity. So another factor is going to be other life stressors and life elements. So if you're you go to the gym and then you go home and your your time at home consists of taking care of a baby or something else that's that's maybe a little more stressful and you can't actually rest and recover as like compare that to someone that they go home and they can just chill they can just veg out they're like i finished my work day at five i'm yep. good to go yep other people is like i finish at five but i have my side job where i'm right helping to pay the bills for the baby or exactly like could that. be a number of things so that's just something that we need to Life account planning. for goals goal yes. setting yes so then there's the element of sleep right so are you getting enough sleep for yourself and sleep is very individual as well some people can sleep do you agree with the predisposed terms of sleeping an x amount of hours like people you hear it a lot seven to eight Yeah, I would say that I don't. Based on my interactions with a number of people, there's actually a number of people in my gym that I've, or in our gym at Project 13, that I've had conversations with 
about sleep and they tell me that they can sleep six hours and feel fine. And if they sleep more, they feel worse. So I think that, and there's, I've read the book, Why We Sleep uh, by Matthew Walker. It's a good read, but I think that, I think that sleep is just so individual as most things are in life, right? So that's why I say, make sure you're getting an adequate amount of sleep for your specific self. You know, if that's six hours, then make sure you're not getting four, right? Um, quality of sleep. Play quality of sleep is also going to play a role. So make sure it's good quality sleep. Sleeping in a dark room, trying to block as much light as you can, having it be quiet, cold, all that stuff. So sleep is definitely going to play a role in how you recover from training sessions. And that kind of the individuality piece kind of ties into like nutrition as well. Mm-hmm. So make sure that in order to recover, you're eating according to your body as well, which is also going to differ from individual to individual. But whatever that is, try to dial that in because, you know, if you do a training session, then you go out and... Fried chicken sandwiches. Fried chicken sandwiches, you know, which some people do. But like, yeah, it, it, that that could be very inflammatory for your body. And you're already trying to reduce inflammation yeah. from training. And so you're just compounding the issue potentially. And that could also impact how you sleep. You get a fried chicken sandwich at 10, a, 10 p.m. Mm. Trying to go to bed at 11. Oof. Good luck. Good luck. I hope you're single. <laughs> <laughs> so then other things. How how else can we stay recovered? You, you've touched on a few. Yeah, touched so, on sleep and nutrition. Right. Yeah. So so in terms of like developing a recovery regimen, there are things that you can actively do. Like some of the stuff we just talked about is somewhat inherent to who we are, right? Like genetics, our sleep Life. and stress. Like that's some of those things just are. And there's not a lot you can do about them. But there are things that you can do, actions that you can take that's going to help the recovery process. So the first one that I think is the most important one, be active daily, right? So people talk about rest days. And I was actually just talking with a member of our gym, TJ. Shout out to TJ. Shout out Shout to out the to pod. Studio pod. Thank you. DJ Red Velvet. So we were just <laughs> chatting about it. And he he told me that he... He, when he takes a rest day, the next day he comes back and he kind of feels like shit. Mm-hmm. Like he feels sluggish in the training session, not great energy. Maybe the body feels a little more, more stiff or whatever it may be. And that's a, common, that's a common thread that I hear with most people, that especially people that train pretty regularly, like five to seven days a week. And that is the same with me as well. If I have a weekend where I don't train on Saturday or Sunday, Come Monday, I'm I'm pretty sluggish. Like I agree. So it's, it's just you just gotta you gotta get out, be active, even if it's a walk. Like personally, I like to do a little bit more than that, like a walk and then maybe some flexibility work, but something to move the body intentionally. It's gonna increase blood flow. It's gonna increase nutrient delivery to the muscles. Lubricate your joints for lube, the next thing. Lube up the joints. There you go. You know that's what um, you need. That's what you need. So, and we're all designed to move frequently. So get out there and move. That's the first thing. We're not designed to sit at the computer for eight hours. No, no, that's not a, not. And the pandemic has definitely caused a lot of that. But right, right. 
Then we talked a little bit about sleep. So make sure you're sleeping the right amount for yourself. That's something that you can actively control. Make sure that you go to bed at a consistent time. Wake up at a consistent time if you can. Try to have a, a pretty well-established like sleep routine, getting you ready for bed. Mm-hmm. Then nutrition and hydration, quality, quantity, timing. And so the timing piece there, quality and quantity quantity are pretty, pretty uh well understood, I would say. Make sure you're eating the right amount. Make sure the f- quality of your food is high. Timing is a little bit different. Make sure you're eating in a way that aligns with your circadian rhythm. So the best example of that is that 10 p.m. fried chicken sandwich. It's going to mess you up. <laughs> you're not going to sleep well. And the next morning, it's not going to come out well either. <laughs> no. <laughs> Getting a little graphic there. I hope you all can handle that. But he is, he's right. Yeah, like you're not going to sleep well. You're probably going to feel like crap the next day. It may be sitting there for the, you know, half the next day, mm-hmm. whatever. Uh, and then manage stress. We talked a little bit about this. We had a stress management episode. You can meditate. Just understand how you're responding to those various stressors that you experience on a daily basis. If you are responding pretty, pretty, what's the word I'd be looking for? Acutely. I don't know if that's the right word, but like if you're really feel like you have a stressor occur and you feel this ping happen where you're just, you just feel yourself get elevated. I've had that happen uh, a couple times last week with some people. (laughs) Sometimes people are the worst. It happens. It does, especially in the city. But you notice it. I do. And I'm aware of it. And like, I, I'm aware of how I can feel it impact me and and it's just not good like i need to just like deflect it and be like you know what that person has some issues that's why they're acting like that you're able to take a process through that stress piece right and then the last thing is monitor that training volume and your body's response to it Mm. so the reason i say it that way is you could have a high training volume and that might be okay but just try to be aware of how your body's responding to it do you feel kind of sluggish when you've trained the last seven days, right, at a pretty high intensity, doesn't mean you have to just sit on your couch that eighth day, but instead maybe come into the gym with a different intention. Come into the gym with the intention of, I'm going to focus on moving with quality. I'm going to focus on maybe getting my heart rate up a little bit, increasing blood flow, increasing body temperature, which are all good things for your body to do regularly. Mm-hmm. And just understand that you don't have to redline every time you go into the gym or PR, whatever it is. So those are the big tips I would say to, to help stay recovered. And especially if you're someone that's new to training, right? You might feel sore. That's a normal thing, but you got to keep moving. You have to keep moving. Have to. It sounds counterintuitive. However, the value of that is going to just take you off to that next level down the road. And with that, avoid the bullshit avoid the bullshit thank you again for listening to the p13 podcast we hope you enjoyed make sure you subscribe and leave us a five star rating this podcast was produced by project 13 gyms and a special thanks to studio pod media for providing the studio space and additional production absolutely you can find us on social media on instagram at project 13 gyms you can find myself at Kemifan, that is K-E-M-I-F-A-N. How about you, Thomas? Where can they find you on your social media? You can find me at Conway Bunga. 
That's C-O-N-W-A-Y-B-U-N-G-A. You can also check us out at project13gyms.com. And if you're in the SF area, come train with us at Project 13 Gyms in Lower Knob Hill.